This is not my brain. Yeah, it's not. (laughs) I love you. It's not, though. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to the Spirited Body Podcast. I'm James Vager, your host, um, psychic channeler, uh, sort of the person responsible for relaying the message of my guides to everybody on how to live as a spirited person, as a physical body, encapsulating a spirit, a soul on this planet, and how to do it better, how to do it easier, how to have more fun with it. And I'm here with my good friend, Katie. Hello, hello. How are I you? have no such skill sets <laughs> except being in the human body and feeling extremely uncomfortable a lot. Um, so I have a lot of questions all have, the time. Which is great. And uh, you have more knowledge and power than you know. Okay. Everybody does. Um, everyone has the ability to tap in and get information. I know that is true. Um I'm also so, going to comment that like we're in my office doing this. Yes. And then our team is out there doing, for my company, is doing a live call. So I'm hoping that we don't. We'll see. It'll be an adventure. <laughs> Just like. If if something happens, it's, it's meant okay. to be. It is it, what it is. It is meant to be. I can already hear him going. I'm like, uh-oh. Anyway, how have you been? Good. It's been a couple weeks it's since we've been, we've been together. Yes. I was in Palm Springs on vacation, mm. vacay, floating in a pool. Oh my God. You haven't commented on my tan at all. You are tan. You really are. I know. I love it. I know you're not supposed to love it anymore. (laughs) You're not. (laughs) Just going to say that. (laughs) But I don't think I'll ever stop loving a tan. I know. I think most people look better with a tan. Do you? Yeah. I love that. That might be controversial. I don't know. Well, send me all, (laughs) send me all of your complaints. James at the spiritedbody.com. Send me your emails about tanning or any other questions you have. Love to hear from you. Love to hear some feedback, input, things you want to know more about. Um, You are glowing though. So we'll, we'll give you that. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. I, I, I love the sun, but I like sunscreen. Oh, I, I sunscreen like crazy. Okay. 50. Every every time I go in, I just have the skin that like will tan like crazy. Mm. It's Adriatic skin. So that's I'm me. For, I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah. Were you able like what was like the best part of your trip? Like, was there anything that came up for you from like in the spiritual sense? Was there any big revelation? Sometimes I feel like when I go on trips, I have a chance to step back from my life. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say there were any big revelations. Uh, my partner had his birthday, which was great. We had a really relaxing time. You know, we were staying with my parents, which, you know, if you mm. stay with your parents for 10 days as an adult. That's a very long time. It is. How big was the house? Uh, 3,500 square feet. Oh, okay. I mean, that's... So we, we had our own spaces and my parents, uh, uh, they were just getting over COVID. So they were oh, very yeah. sort of resting and recuperating. So they gave us our space, which was nice. But, you know, my parents are both incredibly conservative, incredibly Catholic people. And um, were you guys there when the whole Roe versus Wade was overturned with your parents? Yeah. Yes. Were they, was there a conversation? My mom had a conversation with my partner about it. And, and my partner who was passionate about this issue and passionate about the Supreme Court 
was really upset that this was going to happen on his birthday and, you know, all this <gasps> stuff. That happened on his birthday. And it happened before, like a, the day before his birthday. But mm. anyway. The, the uh, air was thick. Yeah. But he said, your mom said, you know, I, I am pro-life. So this is good news to me. And Nathan said she was just very mellow about it. Was it? There was no gloating. There was no in your face. There was no spiking the ball and doing a dance in the end zone. She was just very matter of fact about it. And he didn't feel the need to scream, which was great. Um, my dad, on the other hand, I do have to give him credit. He uh, stayed in his little office. He didn't mention a word about it. Mm. He, he didn't, you know, he, he, he just goes into his little office and plays his conservative radio station and does tinkers around a little bit. And he does talk about, it. and I think that's part of the reason it was on one of the reasons it was uncomfortable for me is my dad has just wears his conservatism, conservatism like a shield, which really prevents me from accessing the real him. Yeah. And, and establishing a relationship with him. I think part of, the difficulty is he firmly believes that he will not see me in heaven. And I think that makes him very sad. And I think that makes him uncomfortable with how he can talk to me and relate to me. And so wait, I want to understand. So would he feel like he, so in order for him to see you in heaven, you would have to acknowledge his like you would have to believe in what he believes in and then also be straight. Could you believe in what he believes in and still be gay or no? No, because the fact that I am choosing a lifestyle, you know, choosing a lifestyle. Um, I mean, like I, I, I can't, I can't with that, that perception, but he believes that choosing to live a homosexual lifestyle prevents me from getting into heaven. Oh, I mean, and so I think he's ascribing to love the sinner, hate the sin. And I think that. So you couldn't go. I mean, not that you would, but you can't go to him and be like, I believe in what you believe. Because he'd be like, no, you can't go to heaven because you're practicing this particular lifestyle. I think so. Oh. Yeah, I had a friend who had a grandfather who had a lot of wealth. And he was gay and he was like, I'm going to stay in the closet till he dies. So that I can get my inheritance. <laughs> and I was like, your grandfather will literally cut you out of his will if he finds out you're gay. Oh, I think I don't think I'm going to be inheriting anything from my parents. But your siblings will. Yeah. No fucking way. No fucking way. Uh, OK, I'll put it this way. I wouldn't. Would I be hurt? Sure. Would I be surprised? No. Wow. Yeah. OK, that's a level I hadn't considered yeah that was an option yeah so it was a while it was a relaxing and we got to do what we want to do and i i love my parents they're my parents and they raised me and and you know hindsight's always 2020 and i can't fault them for being the people they are yeah um i can fault them for not wanting to explore options or explore a deeper relationship with me especially uh, like maybe three years ago three years ago my dad said to me uh, right after he retired and he was very emotionally vulnerable because he had retired. And he said, I'm, that's one thing I'm just so jealous of you and your relationship with your kids. I wow. wish I had that kind of relationship with you guys, especially as you know, when you were growing up and I was like, well, I'm here. 
And I'm available for that relationship anytime. And what did he want. say when you said that? N- nothing really. And then did anything change after that? Not nothing. If anything, I think he got more conservative. I think with Donald Trump and and all of that, he well, sort of went off the deep end. When you think about it, if he was retiring, that means before his retirement, he was in a career that he could attach his identity to. And so that identity was like kind of spread out a little bit. And then when he left that, now he had to broaden his identity in another way. And so he had to cling back even further to the religious beliefs. Yeah. And I think too, you know, in his work, he was the boss. He owned his company Mm. and he just got to sit in his office and tell people what to do. And people just loved to do it. Uh, Well, I shouldn't say they love to do it. They did it. So what uh, kind of work was he in? He, uh, aerospace engineering, he had an aerospace engineering company. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, that was my trip. <laughs> and I, it makes it sound really like somber. It wasn't. It was really relaxing and really great. And my mm. my two, it was all of the kids. It was my entire oh. family. So uh, all three of my kids and uh, Nathan, my partner, and my parents. And just having that time with my kids was so, it's so precious. You know, as they get older and they get to do their own things and they get mm. to say yes and no to stuff. And to have them all together and be able to do adult things with them uh, is great. And mm. to have that relationship with them and spend that time with them is just a lot of fun. It was a yeah. lot of fun. It meant so much to me um, to have that time with them. I'm so glad you got to do that. Yeah. It was, that was, that was the highlight yeah. spending time with my kids like that in that way. Yeah. It was good. And did you do anything? <laughs> no, you're probably like, no, not really. <laughs> I've just been working and just, deconstructing old beliefs and said it just minor things (laughs) completely disentangling truth from your, your belief system. Um, great. All right. Well, uh, today's, today's topic, the topic for the week is mistakes. Oh, I love it. Well, I don't love it, but I, (laughs) Oh, you know what I was going to tell you before we got started? What? Do you remember that episode we did where I was talking about that friendship of mine that dissolved yes. and then you were like, it's going to hit you like a ton of bricks. Yes. It did. <laughs> what happened? I just one night went, why am I stuck in this? That's been the question for a year. And then I just let the question sit there and I said, you know, I'm just going to trust that I'll get the clarity. And remember how you were like, it's just going to happen at once. It's not going to yes. be incremental. It did happen at once. Awesome. It was just like, I was at home at night and I went, (gasps) and so um, I will be free from that when, um, you know, part of the struggle in that situation was there was a lot of communication to me that was like really intense and hurtful and mean and aggressive. Yeah. And I, and I had a lot of people in my corner who were like, it's not okay that she's accusing you or saying this or doing and I was like uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh and so I have like every justification in the book to be like she's wrong but what I realized is I actually have to look for where she was right Ooh, girl and once I can find where she's right even if it's not the exact kind of like it's clicking the way she thought it was there's part of it that could be right when I can find that and then heal myself in that and then have gratitude for the situation because then I realized like I actually wouldn't have been able to have that part of my healing done without her saying that to me. Right. Then I'll be free from it. So it's actually not running to my core group of people to justify that 
she was rude or mean or disrespectful. Mm -hmm. It's actually for me to go, oh, this is what you think of me. I wonder where that feels true. And I wonder when I figure out what that truth is, what part of me needs healing and then work on that healing and then feel gratitude for the healing, which then will in turn feel gratitude for her. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's going to be right. That's going to be a long journey. Yeah. I actually am not worried about forgiving her. I actually already have no, but myself, myself. Yeah. But it's like healing those parts is like forgiveness in a way. A hundred percent. Because you recognize your hum- but humanness, I, but your humanity. Then I realize it's the gratitude for her. Once I get to the gratitude stage, not just the forgiveness and love for her and yes. best for her. I'm already there actually. I actually deeply send her love like all the time. Right. It's more of like the gratitude for the messiness that occurred. The gratitude for the mistakes. Mm-hmm. Felt like it almost tied in with this week a little bit. Well, this is a really interesting topic because they talk about mistakes all the time, right? They always say what? You can't make a mistake. There's no such thing as a mistake. Mistakes are all in our mind. And I was like, okay, you've talked about mistakes literally every single podcast, every single channel um, since we started. (laughs) What more do you have to say? And I was blown away. Because, and this is uh, one of the things that I always find fascinating, because my mind, um, while I believe deeply in the ability to channel psychic work, energy work, I, I, I know it's real. And I know that I do it, which is the other thing that's totally bizarre. There's still, and I talk to other practitioners and they feel the same way every once in a while. They're like, is this all just bullshit? Am I yes. just 100% making this up in my brain? Yeah. And then every once in a while I'll do a channel and I'll get a message and I'm like, this is how I know it's not coming from me because I never in a million years would have thought Mm. and made these connections that they make in this channel ever. I would have never, never. I would have left it at like, there's such thing as a mistake. Yeah. Mistake is just in your mind. And like I, that under, I completely understand it. I think that's period end of sentence. Yeah. And they go, they go like two more steps. I'm like, I don't. So <laughs> it's one of those affirming, like blown away types of moments where I'm like, oh, this is amazing. So um, that's what we have today. I love when the ego tries to be like, who do you think you are? <laughs> it's so tricky. It is, but um, it's good. So hopefully uh, everyone will learn something. And I hope because uh, when I was correcting for typos in the in the channel, I was like, does this make sense to everybody? Is everyone going to understand this? So ask questions. Oh God. <laughs> That's how we're se- setting this up. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. Yes. Okay. Well, let me put my seatbelts on really quick so, <laughs> and then we'll get started. So, um, so yeah, here we go. Um, here we go. Glasses on. Um, Tana I- glowing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, here we go. This is again from the Council of Light. Uh, the topic is mistakes. Uh, this is the topic they wanted us to talk about next. Again, My heart rate just increased. All, all of these topics are given to me by them, and the order is given oh. to me by them as well. So um, trust the process. Yeah. Okay, here Just we go. go. Okay, here we go. This is an exciting time to be with you and share with you our information and knowledge. We desire nothing more than the easing of your life and greater communion for you on your planet. This will create 
greater joy and harmony not only in your life, but in the lives of those around you. Know that the greater joy you feel in your life, the less concerned with others' lives you are. The reverse is also true in that the greater another's joy in their life, the less concerned they are with yours. Also, the less joyful they are in their life, the more concerned they are with yours. This is a lot to ponder and understand, but it is a good starting point for the topic of learning and discussion today. As the Council of Light, we come forth with Ascended Masters to discuss topics that are impending or impeding your ability to commune with others. Most importantly, it limits your ability to commune with yourself, your highest self. We want you to experience your highest, most balanced self. It exists here on this energetic plane. It is at ease and is joyful. It exists right now and is not something that you have to work towards or for. It is already here. You do not need to wait. Imagine what connecting to that feels like. Imagine what living from there would feel like from your side. You do not need to put that feeling into words. We want you to just imagine that feeling and experience. Carry that feeling with you and tap into it often. This is the feeling of connection and awareness. This is the feeling that will guide you through your life and experiences so you may find communion more easily and recognize the points in your life where this connection is awake and present. <laughs> I, I feel like I just have to tell you to keep going. <laughs> I mean, I really like that it's already there. Yeah. It's already exists. It, you don't need to work for it. I love that. We often say there are no mistakes. This is true. One human mind cannot possibly see the multitude of outcomes and repercussions that one choice makes on your life or those around you. This is an impossibility for the human mind. We encourage you to drop that idea for it does not serve you. There is much time wasted on should or shouldn't, best or worst. You will always have multiple decisions to make, more than you often realize. There isn't a way to know all possible outcomes. You must choose based on feeling. What choice brings you closer to the feeling that you experienced in your connection to your highest self? Which decision tickles that strand of feeling and awareness? Mm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the fun part about choices are there are always more to make. Each decision brings a new set of options. Which option do you want to choose next? Choose, choose, choose. Every choice with the practice of how it feels. We encourage you to practice in small day-to-day decisions so the more important ones are easier to recognize. This can be a difficult task to recognize your feelings. We recognize that your life of action and activity gets in the way of close recognition of your emotions and especially your connection to your highest self. We invite you to practice the previous exercises of connecting to yourself and imagining what the feeling of your highest self feels like. These do not need to be arduous tasks that require time and lots of effort, but done easily and quickly throughout your day. Spend some time recognizing the feeling, then spend time remembering the feeling. Think quickly back to the awareness throughout your day. Refer back to this, but you do not need to spend hours holding that feeling in the forefront of your mind in order for this to work. We simply need you to recognize this feeling so you can see it more easily and quickly. Okay. 
It is with this tool that we want you to understand how quickly decisions can be made that will move you closer to this communion with your highest self and discuss the idea of mistakes. So can I just ask a question? So it's kind of saying like, like get out of your mind and get in your body a little bit and like look to that memory of the feeling. It's yeah, it's, it's not so much about words. The emphasis here is it's about if you practice Oh, how does it feel to connect my highest self? That timelessness we talked about at last podcast, that connection to your soul. How do you do it? How quickly can you get there? Can you recognize that feeling of, oh, I'm connected to everything. And I, I, this, the insignificance of my issues compared to the vastness of my connection to the universe that I have inside of me. Mm-hmm. And how quickly can you get to that feeling? Can you recognize it? Because if you can recognize it, you're going to be able to start to, recognize that feeling in other areas of your life. Okay. And that can be like a, 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 a lighthouse for direction of choice. Exactly. Like the choices right. that you have. Exactly right. So when you get a choice, you go, Oh, this one makes me feel miserable. This makes me feel similar to what I feel like when I'm connected to my highest self. And the more you practice that, the easier it becomes. To the, recognize. And, yes. And then, then you can make your choices based off of that feeling. Okay. And then when you have that feeling that the, the things that you really want in your life that are going to bring you that feeling, they become more apparent. Because remember, in, when we talked about manifestation, it, it's not that you're creating the things that you want. It's you're recognizing the path to them in your life. Mm. And that's the manifestation piece. Okay. Is that making sense? Yes. Yes. We truly wish to send you the energetic understanding that there are no mistakes in your life. There is no decision that you make that will take you away from access to your highest self. You are constantly empowered by your ability to choose and choose what feels better to bring you closer to your soul. Recognize that you each carry an unconscious belief of how your life should be, how it should play out. You have unconscious and unrecognized beliefs of how decisions should unfold, how your day should play out, and how your life should unfold. This is simply a condition of being human and seeing and valuing all that it is around you. You naturally and automatically are drawn to what interests you and what the, what things you feel will make your life easier, safer, and more in control. What are these things for you? Is it money, physical looks, employment? You automatically desire these different physical ideals as manifestations of safety protection, power. Therefore, you desire them as a means to an end. Your attention is therefore pointed to them as your expected outcome because you desire safety, belonging, and control in your life to avoid powerlessness, loneliness, and isolation. Your physical mind attaches to these ideals and because you want the safety and control Your mind naturally expects these physical measures as a result of your decisions and actions and choices because that is always what you are making choices for. Safety, control, togetherness. Wow. There's a lot in there. I can already think of how I've done this so many times. And I I just want to pause and talk about this a little bit more so everyone understands Cause I think you understand. I don't know if everyone else is going to understand it. Well, this one <laughs> to say, I understand this. Let's make sure I understand. 
So. Can I give an example and you can tell me if I, this is the right understanding? Yep. This might sound stupid, but this is what's coming up for me. So I bought a property a year ago. Actually, I don't even know how long ago. That's a tear down. I'm just going to tear it down. And initially, when we were looking at the property, I said, bring the architect out and I want to know the biggest house I can build on this property. And my partner said, okay, we can get it at, you know, 5,200 square feet. And I said, okay, that'll, that'll suffice, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then time went by and recently about a month ago, I've had this nagging thought that like, why the fuck do you value that? What is that bringing you to? And then I went, well, I can't do it another way. This is kind of the way I'm going to have to stay on this path. This is, this is what feels important to me. And then a different truth came in for me recently and I almost felt scared to tell my partner about it, but I was like, I'm going to just tell him. I said, I don't want to build that big house anymore. I actually want to build a like kind of a, a really like almost not a tiny home, but like, like kind of close to, and I want to have like three or four of them on the property. And I want to invite meaningful people in our life to like live on the property with us so that we can create our own community of people. He's like, uh, are you okay? And I was like, he's like, are you starting a cult? And I was like, no, I have just changed. Like, I see why I was doing that. And why, why were you doing it? Because that's what the container that I lived in told me was successful. But it actually didn't bring me any any truth to me like it didn't bring me closer to me and i was like well i can't not then then it was like the deconstruction in my mind like well i can't not do that like what are you gonna do instead and then i was like oh but that's just a rule and so then i sat with like okay well what what could you do on this property that would bring you value i was like oh i can't do that people will think that like we're weird or people will think that we're i mean i already can tell you do and <laughs> this has nothing to do with me thinking you're weird. <laughs> you're like that, that ship already <laughs> sailed. That was a long time ago. <laughs> but does, I don't know if it's resonating, right? Like, and here's the thing: is I actually had to go through that narrative many times. Get this house, get this thing, get the. I already have gone through that narrative many times, and I actually realized I was about to go through it again. And I was like, "Do you want to? Do you want to do that again? Is that what's going to make you happy?" Yeah, I think. Um... I think it's close. I don't know if it's necessarily exactly the point they're making. The point they're making is we as humans um, sort of are always lurking, looking for safety, control, security, um, uh, togetherness, you know, n not being lonely. And that's our default setting. And we are looking around externally for the things that we think are going to do that for us money, a better job, a better partner, uh, this new car, this piece of jewelry, um, this surgical procedure, this, you know what I mean? All these things that are trying to satisfy that itch of being in control and not being lonely. It's, is that making sense? No, that's what I mean. And is so, that's what I'm saying with the house. It was like, I have to have this because this is what will make me feel those things. Yes. And so when we, um, we know that our natural, if we understand that our natural default is actually looking for those other things, 
in our physical world, we equate those feelings of security. I'll just say it in general, those Mm -hmm. feelings of security uh, with those physical measures, money, job, status, looks, all that, that we seek. And so we, when we make a choice, we're always motivated, motivated by that. I'm making this choice to feel more secure in some way. Mm. Mm -hmm. So when it does, when we don't get the money, when we don't get the job, when we don't have that opportunity and we don't get the person that we equate to security, we think that we've made a mistake because we didn't get the, what we're looking in the 3d world as the measure of that. Because we're, every decision we make is motivated by that. So every decision we make is seeking that. And when we don't get the external factor that equates to that, we think that it's a mistake. I see. Because we didn't achieve the external measure of it. Mm. Okay. Is that making sense? Yeah. yeah. Which this concept blew my mind. Blew my mind. But like when that's always going to be the outcome. That's always going to be the outcome. Because even if we, even when we get success, and, and this is obviously this is not true 100% of the time, but even if we get that success, it doesn't bring security. No, 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 no. It definitely doesn't. That is only found internally. Yeah. So when I, this, this, project that we're working on with this house has like been evolving. And when, when I told my husband this, he was like, wait a minute, you told me that you wanted this huge house because there's a lot of energy in our house with our kids and our animals. And like you wanted to disperse the energy and and have a bigger physical container for it. And I said, yeah. And I'm so glad we saved that money and didn't do that because I realize now that I'm actually avoiding the connection. I wish we had like a little bell. And so I am waiting for the external thing, the bigger house to disperse the energy so that we can just have more space with Mm -hmm. each other. When in reality, I need to work on how my energy shows up in a small container where all the energy is and look for the point of connection. So I already felt it happening. Like I'm going to have the big house and it's actually going to solve nothing. Yeah. It's going to solve nothing. Yeah. I I just, this, these concepts are just so crazy to me. I, I, it's actually inside of me that needs the work. The bigger house will not, I mean, sure. Maybe I won't hear it as much, but actually what I'm saying is give me the bigger house. So I avoid it. Avoid it. Ooh, because it's hard to be like, this energy feels like a lot for me, for my child. It's not the child. It's you. it's painful to do that. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. We feeling it. I mean, (laughs) yeah, because I, but I've made that mistake a lot. Yeah. I've made that mistake a lot. I think we, we all do. And it's not a mistake. It's a misunderstanding. Yeah. No, I can see that now. And I feel so grateful to have not started the build. (laughs) Yeah. The contractor, though, is kind of upset, but yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's see. Um, the this unconscious comparison and merging of two unrelated ideals is the ideal to which you often compare. 
If a choice that you make does not bring you the money you desire, it is seen as a mistake. This mistake is only because you are expecting your decision, which is based on wanting safety, which is true, to equal wanting money, which is not necessarily true. Read that one more time. If a choice that you make does not bring you the money you desire, it is seen as a mistake. This mistake is only because you are expecting your decision, which is based on wanting safety, which is true, to equal wanting money, Mm. which is not necessarily true. Yeah. It gives me the chills. It's so, (laughs) again, this, I would never have come up with this. (laughs) This is not my brain. Yeah, it's not. I love you. It's not, though. It's not my brain. Yeah. Therefore, your decision to attempt an investment was seen as a mistake rather than a choice which provides more information, which then leads to different choices. The other more commonly missed information is whether your beliefs are based on correct thinking at all. Uh Uh-oh. Are you choosing not just another investment but to look at the reason the choice was made in the first place. Can you examine your beliefs and thoughts that go into making the decision and your expected outcomes? If you were to change those, then there would be no should or should not. There would truly be no mistaking choices for mistakes as your alignment to your expectations would be perfect. It... it's it's wild it's wild i mean it's so true it's so true we don't look at why am i so yes you need to be financially responsible right and we're talking about money we're using that as an example it's not about being financially responsible and saving money it's more like i'm gonna make this investment so i can make x number of dollars and and then instead of saying like instead of Focusing on, was that investment the right investment to make? Why are we making that investment in the first place? What is motivating us to make that investment? What does that investment mean to me? And do I not feel secure internally? My partner and I have this conversation a lot because we're running running a startup company. We're self-funding. And I, I sometimes... It's, I feel grateful because like things that I feel fear, f- fearful in, I can tell he doesn't and things that he feels fearful in, I don't. And the financial aspect of the company, for me, I feel less fear in it for some reason. And- but you've always felt very comfortable around money. You've always felt very secure in you having money, money never really being a thing for you. Yeah, I mean. Ever since I've always known you, you've always talked about it. But it's not because it. I've had it. It's no, 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 because I, know. I have not had no, it. No. And, you know what I mean? Yes. Like it's, no, it's I, all of it. I completely, I completely recognize that. It's one of the things I wish I could get more of in my own energy and my own thought process. Yeah. So like, for instance, we're in the middle of like seed round funding. So it's like the very, you know, it's like very early stages. It's some of the, it's harder funding to get because you're really like, don't have a ton of metrics and you have to get people to believe in your cause and everything. <laughs> and, um, I told him today, I said, I got to talk to you for a second. I understand that this is, you grew up in a family that was like really like fearful of money kind of. And I know that that plays into this, but like, 
it's really hard to collaborate with you, with these investors. When I feel your frequency of energy being without, with fear, with pressure, without trust and faith, like those are hard energies for me to collaborate with. And we have made it this far and the universe keeps holding us. And like, if we can't trust in that process, like if it doesn't work, it's because it's not supposed to work. And so like, is there a way to feel held in this so that we can better collaborate? Because I just told him, I was like, I'm having really a struggle collaborating with this energy because it's like coming from this place of fear and anxiety and pressure. And I'm like, whoa, I can't work in that space. My brain isn't creative in that space. So it's fascinating to like dissect that more because when you get to the root of those things, you, I feel like you can just gain a different perspective and make different choices, make different choices. Yeah. And I, and after I uh, did this channel, I did it in Palm Springs and I was just blown away by it. And I went out and I was talking to my partner about it and it sort of hit me. If I can separate my understanding of money, not equaling my sense of security Mm -hmm. in who I am, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't equal my sense of security. Mm -hmm. Then I can take that pressure away from it. Because is it because you're like detaching your identity from it? Um, Do you think it's because people like attach their identity and that attachment creates that friction? No, I think it's because at the base of it, everyone is trying to make a decision for safety control. And for a lot of people that's money. Okay. You know, like I want to do what I want to do and money allows me to do that. And it's 100% true, but that's not the only thing that will allow you to do that. Mm-hmm. And is it the most effective way to do that? And it's very complicated because we live in a cultural container that also tells us that. Yes. So to question that belief is very difficult because the reinforcement around you is not that. Yes. And I, so I think that in my mind, I was like, oh, I need to putting, stop putting so much pressure on money. Mm. I need to stop putting pressure on that aspect of my life as being the only way I can have security, safety, control, Mm. freedom. Because you were equating decisions around money or having money or not having money with those outcomes. Yes. And those outcomes can be attained without that. Exactly. And their basic message is every decision we make as humans is seeking safety, security, togetherness. Mm. And when we equate safety, security, and togetherness, you know, there's these few base human emotions. When we base our decisions, uh, when we look in our world, our world will tell us what those things are, Mm. those equals, right? Money equals safety, security, friends, togetherness, lifestyle. Um, The way you look equals safety, security, how you dress, you know, money, uh, uh, society gives us that information, gives us those cues. And so all of our decisions are based on wanting some level of safety, security, togetherness. And when we mistake these physical 3D things for these intangible safety, security, togetherness that we think that if we don't get the physical outcome, that it's a mistake, but those, those two are not, those aren't the same thing. Those are different. So then when people do get the outcome they want, is that just like a false? Well, it's a, 
yeah, I think it 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 um solidifies that belief. But I mean, how many people I'm not saying everybody that makes money is lonely and unsafe and all those things. That's in no way they're not implying that, but they're implying where your intention is and that you need to start to question where your intentions are and understanding your motivations. But we've all heard those people that get rich and famous and they're miserable and they commit suicide or they, they're still lonely. I mean, I, I, I get, I'm just laughing because I get share some stories. Yeah. But, but it's, it's, it's fascinating. I, okay, I'm going to keep going. Yeah, please. Where do you seek control, safety, communion? These are fundamental questions that need to be explored to truly uproot your idea of mistakes. Your false understanding of where safety comes from is what leads you to believe in mistakes in your life. We say that one more time. <laughs> My brain is like, we're done today. You're, that's too much. <laughs> Your false understanding of where safety comes from mm. is what leads you to believe in mistakes in your life. Ooh, red for filth. I mean, that just <laughs> read everybody down. Everybody listening was just full, full on read by the Council of Light. You are perfectly created and exist to be exactly who you are. True safety and control lies in your ability to recognize the perfection of who you are as a whole being. Safety lies within your recognition and acceptance of your power as the full alignment of who you are and your connection to it. You see, I'm sorry. I can read that one one more time too. <laughs> it bears repeating. You are perfectly created and exist to be exactly who you are. True safety and control lies in your ability to recognize the perfection of who you are as a whole being. Safety lies within your recognition and acceptance of your power as the full alignment of who you are and your connection to it. But if I'm perfect as I am, what can they sell me? <laughs> exactly. Oh, not going to buy the face cream if I... Yeah, this definitely didn't come from your brain, huh? <laughs> oh, that's a trip, though. What what can they sell me if I'm perfect as I am? Mm. So can I say something about this a little bit? Yes. Because this came up for me today because we're redoing our whole pitch deck for the investors. Got it. And one of the things that I'm mentioning to the investors is like there, I do believe that there is this belief in our society that for-profit companies kind of you can't do the right thing and be in that game as well and I'm like who said that right so like part of what my company does is like create like we create a fitness product that is like rooted in body and in empowerment mm -hmm. and like not like preying on people's insecurities, just being like, no failure here. Like we accept you as you are, like use our product as a tool to care for yourself. Like nobody has to be a size two. Like, like, can't we just have, can I just like build my company, but like on truth? Yes. Can they go together? Yes, they can. Why don't, why don't, why, why don't we do that? Because when you, I think, Why do I have to prey on people's insecurities to make success my success well, because, come true? Because the success of a company is measured by being by profits, and it's measured by being by sales, and it's measured if you are have investors or like you know it's a publicly traded company. You owe your 
investors a certain amount of revenue and that's a constant drive. I know I told, <laughs> I went through the deck and I said, we got to reach out to some female VC firms because <laughs> this is going to be a lot of work for me. I can't, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? It's I like, if nobody looks at you and goes, you know, when I, when my daughter was in kindergarten, she goes to the, the Waldorf school. It's not really relevant, but it kind of is because their <laughs> philosophies like really blow me away all the time. But like, I went to her and my daughter's a spicy little girl. So we're in the kindergarten conference and I told the teacher, I said, okay, thank you for sharing all that that she's doing, but come on, what's going on? Lay it on thick. I can handle it. I know my kid. And he was like, I'm not trying to change anything about your kid. He literally said to me, she's perfect as she is. You don't need to worry about that. And I started crying in the parent conference. He literally was like, People have challenges and we'll work through them. But like, I'm not here to change your kid. She's perfect as she is. Nobody views people like that, James. Very few people do. Mind blowing. It's just weird that you're saying this because earlier, like two hours ago, I was writing a pitch deck that was like, you don't need to worry. Like, you just we're good. We don't need to. We don't need to like prey on your insecurities to make profit. We can make you feel good and make profit. I mean, I have to like pay people. <laughs> no, I know. I didn't mean that to sound like yeah. to sound critical, but but that's what I mean. Like, I can have a successful company and and do it on and do truth it. and do it in rooted in empowering others and yes. like it's not one or the other. Right. I can do good in the world yes. and still generate revenue. A hundred percent. It's just mine. We got it backwards sometimes. It it's really just sometimes discouraging. Yes. It really it, it it really is. And as a, as, and I think to what my guides constantly say and what they're constantly teaching is you don't have to change everyone around you. You just have to change yourself. I don't need 5,000 square feet to disperse the energy. Yeah. But I just, actually, it's my problem. Yeah. I need to work on my sense of security. Then I'm not going to be able, I'm not going to unconsciously carry everyone else's expectation, you know, my expectation of what everyone else should be like. I just get to worry about myself. I get to be secure in who I am and I can bring that into every discussion. Wow. We don't, we don't have a culture that supports that no. narrative. No, no, we do not. And that's their point is you do it with yourself. It's going to change the world. Absolutely. Because we're all the same person. <laughs> do you do that every time. <laughs> I get a little traction and understanding and then you do that. And then I go, Oh, 10 steps back again. Is there more? Yeah. There's a little okay. bit more. Mm, safety lies within your recognition and acceptance of your power as the full alignment of who you are and your connection to it. What is more powerful than that? How can you attain control other than knowing, accepting and expressing who you fully are in your world? I think you got to read that one more time too. Sorry. How can you attain control other than knowing, accepting, expressing who you fully are in your world? No one can touch that. Do you think that it's like an energy that like, I feel like part of my journey has been not making myself small and just being like at one of the calls that I had this week was with this business guy. And I told myself before the call, I kind of just said, okay, 
uh, you're not going to hold back and we're going to get some data and see what happens. Right. You're not going to be the polite little lady. You're not going <laughs> to hold back. You're just going to speak your truth in a respectful, polite, kind way. Right. But you're going to be you're going to be OK with your convictions. Mm-hmm. And so I was. And oh, did my ego and my brain want to be like the whole night after I was like, I'm going to email the guy and tell him, sorry if I came on too strong or no, the whole night I was like obsessing about it. And the next morning he sent me an email. Well, actually what happened was um, the next day. So my friend and I, this is a little bit of a sidetrack, but it's totally worth sharing. <laughs> we, we read this book called Pussy highly recommend this book. It is like a book for women who can just really own their power and and see it. It's incredible. But one of the exercises is to, to, I don't know me and my friend are doing the exercise for a month where we send an audio message daily that talks about like a brag, something we're proud that we did. Women have a hard time with that and something we're grateful for or something we want to manifest. So that morning I was bragging. I said, okay, my brag is that like I didn't hold back and that I didn't go home and send him an email and apologize if I came on too strong. Like my want to, my brain really wants to do that, but I'm not going to let it. And I said something I was grateful for. And then I said, and my manifestation is that like, I'm not going to worry about this funding. I'm just going to be held in it because the universe is holding me in it. I'm, I'm being led in this direction. Three minutes after I sent her that voice memo, the guy from the day before emails me and goes, I just want to thank you for your thought provoking and like really important message that I was able to hear from you yesterday. And um, here's a list of female VC firms that I think that you would really benefit from. Ooh. Three minutes after I sent that voice memo. <laughs> but I kid you not for 15 hours, I was like, send him an email. You came on too strong. You were blah, 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 blah. apologize. I, yeah, boy. Oh, absolutely. I'm sorry for sure. <laughs> it would have been, I'm sorry, like 50 times in the, in the email, but it, it, it is that like, I, I just was like, it's okay to just be you. It's, oh, I had to talk myself into being me before the call. And then I was, and then the universe said, see, it's okay. You get. You're okay. That's hard to do though. That's hard to do. Yeah. Society's not really, doesn't really embrace that from women. No. My friend told me yesterday, she goes, you know why I really value our friendship? Because I'm never afraid of being too much for you. And when she said that, I thought, what if we all could feel that way about each other? Mm. She's like, that's why we connect so deeply. Because we we have so much safety that we're not afraid of being too much. We just get to be ourselves. And I'm like, whoa, what if that energy went outward? She's the friend I'm going to have live on the commune, by the way. <laughs> She's so down. She's the first We've already number. drawn the plans. Yeah. Um, this is way sidetrack. I'm available. Uh, Netflix. Keep sweet. Pray and obey. I have almost clicked on that a couple of times, but I'm so afraid. I got to be honest. I am speechless. I... It's about an ultra conservative Mormon sect that believes in a polygamy and the leader dies who wasn't supposed to die. They believe that their leader, their prophet would just get old and then start aging backwards. He was never supposed to die, but then he died with 23 wives. His last wife was like 19 years old when he was 85. And, um, 
And it's just about what happened. And, and it was just, and his big thing was keep sweet. That's, that's what all the women just need to just keep sweet. Just I, keep sweet. I mean, on one of the calls I had this week, I told the man, I said, listen, I know this, this concept of me building a, you know, exercise product rooted in body empowerment is a hard one. And I know that I said, and I, what I, what I want you to know is that women feel the energetic imbalance in power. And what I want to assure you is that I'm not trying to take your power to get it. I'm just trying to reorganize the energy a little bit. And it's not at the expense of your power. So you can sit safe in your power. In fact, I need your power to help redistribute some of this energy because it's fucked up. It is crazy. I can't even get on a call without having a whole talk in my mind about be kind, be sweet, be passive, be calm on. That's exhausting. I, I mean, this is why I was petrified to do the podcast. What I tell you in the beginning, okay, I'll do the podcast, but you can't tell my last name. And oh my God, you want to film? Maybe you could blur me out. Uh, all of that mm -hmm. comes from what you're talking about. Yeah. What if I'm too much? Mm -hmm. What if people judge me? What if my mom or dad hear this podcast? Yeah. That's such bullshit. It is. It's a tremendous weight to carry everyone's expectations on your shoulders, in your mind, to try to predict, to try to avoid, to try to placate, to try to play the part. Yeah. It's a role. It's a role. It's a full-time job. It, by full-time job, I mean 24-7. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to watch that show. <laughs> but I've almost clicked on it a few times. But it's important stuff to talk about because this is what they're talking about. It's fascinating. It's This is what they're talking about. And how that the only power you have is your alignment to yourself. And if you have that alignment to yourself and understanding of yourself and acceptance of who you are and your power, who's going to touch it? I mean, it is weird because I have, you know, been in positions in my life where one person could look at my life and be like, wow, she has a lot of power, or a lot of control or a lot of financial stability or da, 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 da. But I have never felt power like I have felt than in my recent time of connecting with self and letting all those other things dissipate. I'm still obviously really working through the thick of it, but all I can say is that power that is perceived to be power is an absolute illusion. It's not real authentic power at all. It's not. And the more I connect with self, the further away I get from those things because the power that I feel when I do touch that self when I touched that self the other day, I was like, oh, that feels. And it's not power in the way that I think people think power is. Like, Say more, because that's it's such an important concept. It's, I, it's hard to explain, but it's a power that feels rooted in connectedness, in vulnerability, in humanness, in all the things that we talk about on this podcast. And it's not about being above. No. Like one of my biggest pet peeves is when I go to business events and people are like, I'm the CEO and <laughs> look at my company. I'm like, that's so fucking stupid. The fucking 50 people that work for you built that company. You had an idea. Great. We're here for it. Like I tell people this in my company all the time. Like, like 
I, I, I can't with that. But like, that's, that's what I'm saying is like that kind of like power, power over other power over other meaning people, places, things, whatever is not real power. It's not the real feeling of power. And no, and it's a, it's a false perception. It's an illusion. It's exactly what they said. When that's what you're using as your guide, you will always be mistake after mistake after mistake. Yes. And maybe you need to go through that in order to find the real power. Well, that's, that's fine. Yeah. And that's what they're saying is you're, that's fine. you're, analyzing. I've gone through many cycles of it. <laughs> I get it. It's, it's a, rough. it's a process, but understanding that that's really what you're doing. You were not, you're not asking the right question. Yeah. You're not asking, why am I doing this? And if I want to feel more secure and more powerful, am I looking in the right place? But I will say the more you touch yourself, that actually sounded. <laughs> well, actually, that can, that can be a way too. Um, the more the more you can like feel that part of you and the more familiar you get, it is it, it doesn't hold a candle to that illusion of power that we think we have. Right. I don't know how else. To, I, I'm still working through it myself, so I can't really no, speak to it, it too much. It is, but but it's not about being above. It's about being satisfied solely within your own being. And when you're satisfied solely in your own being, there is nobody that can touch that. Who's going to touch that? Yeah, no one. Nobody. And that's where the power comes from. I, uh, when I was, you know, going through my, Divorce, I feel like I still go through my divorce. <laughs> Even though it's been eight years, I still feel like I'm going through it. But um, I had a significant issue with the power Im imbalance that was in that relationship. Mm. Um, and there are a lot of issues with my partner that I think have gone undiagnosed. Un un Your ex-partner. With my ex-partner, yeah. not my current one, my, my ex-wife. And, um, so I was in therapy and my therapist was just constantly like, why are you giving her this much power? Why are you giving her this power? Why are you giving this power to her? And me being a polite Catholic upbringing that, you know, you wait for you to be given something. And she told me this story, this guy who wrote, who writes, I guess, modern fairy tales. I, I don't know who it was, but this is a long, long time ago. But it was basically about uh, a prince and his father was the king and his father uh, married this uh, stepmom after his mom died. He was going to be inheriting the kingdom. But the king ended up dying when the kid was very young. Mm. And he, the king had this orb of power, which is what gave him his power to be king. And so the mom said, you're only eight. You're too young. You're not ready for the power. I'm going to hold on to the power for you until you're ready, until you are old enough. And so the kid um, gets older and he gets a teenager and he's like, I'm ready. And she's like, no, you're not, you're not quite ready yet. You're not, you're not old enough. You're not mature enough. He goes to war. He does all these things, comes back. And she's like, no, you're not, you're not, you're not ready. And so he just kept waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And uh, one day, he gets so incensed with not getting the power that he just sneaks into his mom's room at night and takes it. And the second he gets that power orb, he realizes that she's this old, frail woman who really had no power over him at all. Mm. And it, for me, I was like, oh. And for me, it was a big lesson in 
you don't have to wait for someone to give you permission mm-hmm. to have power. You have access to your own power and you can take your power whenever you want it. Yeah. And, and true empowerment. You know, when the Roe versus Raid thing was overturned, Roe versus Wade was overturned, I, I felt compelled to mention something in my company where this product that's building empowerment for women. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, when you really touch power, true power is actually empowering other. Mm -hmm. It has no power over another person. And so, yeah, you can't take that from someone because I'm not trying to have power over anybody. Right. I'm actually trying to empower other people. Real leaders empower Empower. other people. Other people. Help people understand and if, theirs. If people are a part of anything, I'm not going to get into religions or anything on right now, that doesn't give you power, that's a huge red flag. It's a huge problem. It's it, uh, I actually, empowerment I actually, to, to, to seek higher self and empowerment to be a self thinker should be at the core of everything. Everything. And if it's not doing that, that's a red flag. If they, if any organization tells you that the only way, to understand universal truth is through them, through one person. No, there's a problem. No, because universal truth is universally available. Yeah, no, it's a that it, I stand by my belief that real leaders and real people of real power empower other. It's uh, it's a fascinating thing. Last line of the channel. Let's do it. We are here with you always. Mm. There are no mistakes. Love and abundance to you all. That was a good one, James. It's fascinating. Fascinating. I, 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 this one, I just, I just loved it. It's a good one, especially right now. Especially when so many people are, you know, feeling like this is a mistake and I'm losing my power <laughs> and this. It's a good time to hear this stuff. Absolutely. And, and uh, yeah, I hope, I hope, as always, I hope this stuff is helping and I and I know somewhere deep inside that it, it has to be because I would not be asked to do this. Yeah. And uh if it wasn't, so I'm hopeful that everyone out there, all you fellow experiencers of this 3D earth place, uh is uh listening and learning and and shifting ever so slightly your understandings of your world and how you are. And I would love to hear from you, James at the spiritedbody.com. Uh, send me an email. Let me know what's going on. Send me your questions. Uh, send me your questions for them. Um, maybe one day we'll take like a, a call or something. Maybe we will. When we get a little bit more advanced in the, <laughs> the technical We might need help. We might need help. We need help. But, okay. But uh, yeah, there you go. So um, anyway, great, great catching up. Uh, we'll see you next time. Right? Yeah. I'm James. I'm Katie. Thanks for joining us. Have a good one, everyone.